my strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in to claim I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's
morning and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM right across Australia on 87.8, 87.6 or 88. Just switching up the order a little bit there. You're joined in the studio by myself, Lawson, and my beautiful, wonderful, amazing co-host. Oh, don't stop. Monglash. <laughs> <laughs> that That's all the compliments you could get out of me. She's <laughs> she's holding a gun. Uh Whatever. Nah, I, just, I, heard, I, I distinctly heard someone asking you last night what your favorite color was, and I know I heard you say Mon's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have said that. <laughs> yes, I'm, not, I'm not even making that up. <laughs> but you're listening to the breakfast show this morning, and we're just we're just two friends. You're just two friends. Just hanging out. <laughs> I like how immediately Ta- we're friends. <laughs> we're just we're just two friends. We're just two friends hanging out, mm-hmm. getting to bring you positively different radio this morning, positively different news, and we always start off with the news of one's life. And the question comes, Monica, what are you grateful for? I'm just going to have a guess that you're grateful for my eyes, but I am grateful. For no. Our- <laughs> Just messing. I'm grateful for our, our special guest that we're having later today. I'm oh, so excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm incredibly I excited. Have, I have to bake brownies as a uh, as a bribe to get our special guest on today. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a special treat. What are you grateful for? Well, our special guest, just to give you a little bit of a preview, mm-hmm. he is the most punk rock elderly American person <laughs> that I know. So he's going to kill you for I, bringing I didn't, that up. I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't say anything. Oh, he's gonna. But uh, yeah, he's gonna join us on the radio in just a little. He's gonna join us in the studio. He's 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 gonna be right here in the flesh, all the way from Wisconsin. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for friends. I'm grateful for food. Mm. I'm grateful for food that's really big food that's especially <laughs> long and of course i'm talking about last night well we were hanging out with yeah, a group of people and there was a we got a pizza that was three meters long three meter pizza which was incredible this is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on faith fm if you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on faith fm breakfast show then simply download the faith fm app available on apple or android platforms on the breakfast show today as we said we have an awesome interview coming up but we also have the battle lines being drawn in regards to Pokey reform and the upcoming New South Wales election. Ooh, la, la. This is really important stuff. If you are a New South Welshman or from Australia as well, I believe this will be a landmark election. But right now, this is Jaden Lavick with Come Now Found.
tell greater debtor Daily I'm constrained to be And let thy goodness like a fetter By my wandering heart to I'm prone to wander, Lord, I fear Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it Seal it for thy courts of love You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. That was Jaden Levick with Come Thou Found. And we're just going to give a quick shout-out to some of our favourite people across Australia, particularly people from Berry, South Australia. Oh, hi, I Barry. hope you have a very... Yeah. Good day. <laughs> I hope you drink a smoothie or something. <laughs> Participate in some berry-related activities. If you're from Berry, tell us what you get up to, Dad. I'm sure they're getting sick of hearing berry puns. That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, and shout out one of the greatest places on earth I've been tr- overly convinced and almost tortured to believe, Hobart, Tasmania. <laughs> so shout out Hobart as well. Uh, shout out those places. I, I should probably stop giving our town so much grief. But we shout out those people because we know they're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We have transmitters out those ways down in Barry, South Australia and Hobart, Tasmania. So good on ya. Keep doing your thing. Send us in a text message at 0491-064-669 if you're from those areas and are up to something cool today. Mm. Something cool today is our quiz. Absolutely. You're listening yeah, to yeah. The Breakfast Joe so podcast on Faith a, FM. Positively different. Every time I different. come on this show, I'm astounded at how cool our prizes are that we give away. We are giving away this week a double set of the Revive Cafe cookbooks. Mm-hmm. These cookbooks are so popular. Like, everyone loves them. Everyone who, who I know that has them just raves about how delicious every, every single recipe in them is. So this is... Um, I don't know if you've heard of Revive Cafe, but it is a famous cafe in New Zealand. And uh, and the cook there, the owner, I guess, uh, Jeremy Dixon, has had to release multiple cookbooks um, to keep up with demand for his delicious food. And this is the first two in his series. Mm. So it's the Revive Cafe Cookbook 1 and the Revive Cafe Cookbook 2, delicious and easy recipes from Auckland's healthy food haven. There's just, there's like, there's 75 Recipes in one and 81 recipes in the other. I don't know what the math is there, but that's a lot of recipes. That is an incredible amount of recipes. Of course, Jeremy Dixon last year was a semi-regular on the show. We get him to come on and talk about all things food, and we love him. He's like one of our favorites. He'd be like, all right, Jeremy, what are we learning about today? And you'd be like, well, I'm going to teach you about how to make sauce. And it's like, let's go. And then for 15 minutes. That would have been torture. Like, cause I'd be so hungry. I'd be like drooling on the microphone. <laughs> no, it was the best. And especially because Lyle would let me do all those interviews because he's like, oh. I don't know. I don't care about food. You can, <laughs> you can talk to the guy. He's married to like the best cook on the yeah, planet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's marital privilege right there. So he's like, okay, give it to you, Lawson. You, you, You're you, a bachelor. That's right. <laughs> you need to learn right. how to cook for yourself. Right, it was amazing. But those are the prizes. Those are the prizes. But you have to answer uh, at least one quiz correctly this this week, just mm-hmm. one chance and you're in, mm-hmm. and uh, and you'll be in the running for the prize draw on Friday. So today's quiz is a what am I quiz. The first clue goes like this. Though it is hidden, Jesus says he'll give some of this to him who overcomes. Mm. Though it is hidden, Jesus says he'll give some of this to him who overcomes. 0491064669 is the number to text or call. DJ Shell is on the phones, on the lines, and she will uh, tell you you got it right or wrong. Mm, Absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and Monica, what is your slice of positively different news for today? It turns out you and I could actually be aliens. 
Really? For reals. For reals. Okay. Uh... Uh, I, I believe in, in, in a few ways we're aliens. If I uh, no, moved talk- to North Korea like right now, I'd be extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay, okay. So eight mysterious radio signals have been uncovered by astronomers using AI that could be, they say, extraterrestrial intelligence. And I was like, we're on the radio. We could be. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I, I'm like, Monica, you know, this is a Christian show and we're both Christians and we believe in the, the biblical creation narrative. But okay, fair but this enough. Is, this is an interesting uh, story in relation to the Bible. So astronomers mm. have picked up these eight mysterious radio signals that could be coming from aliens sending messages with technology more advanced than ours. Could you believe? Mm. So these electromagnetic waves were detected using the state-of-the-art AI, or, or deep learning, they call it, mm-hmm. and the signals were sourced to areas surrounding five nearby stars that are 30 to 90 light years away. That's a long way away. Mm-hmm. So the pulses were what they call hiding in plain sight among a huge number of recordings from more than six years ago. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like digging through the archives. And an international team developed a computer algorithm to analyze the unimaginably large amount of information in more detail. So the lead author, a guy called Peter Ma, he's an uh, undergraduate at the University of Toronto, said his team searched through, get this, 150 terabytes of data from 820 nearby stars. So just to give you an idea of what a terabyte is in terms of like uh, volume of data, one terabyte could hold a thousand copies of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, as as a, as a lot wow, of them. That's actually that's impressive that the Encyclopedia Britannica is one gigabyte. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know what encyclopedias are, please stop making us feel old. Uh, so the data, <laughs> the, he said the data set had previously been searched through in 2017 by classical techniques, mm. but labeled as devoid of interesting signals. Ooh. So it was collected by the Green Bank Telescope in West Virginia, which is bigger than the Statue of Liberty and part of the Breakthrough Listen project aimed at identifying extraterrestrial activity. So apparently no targets of interest were originally indicated, but they had this new neural network which found this to be far from the case. So manual re-examination also confirmed the findings shared several key characteristics. The signals were, <clears throat> this is going to be a little bit sciencey, were narrow band, meaning they had a small spectral width of just a few hertz. So natural phenomena tend to be like broadband, so we can like you know, hear it. Mm. Uh, but uh, Dr. Steve Croft, he's a, a California astrophysicist. He says the key issue with any techno signature search is looking through the huge haystack of signals to find the needle, which might be transmission from an alien world. Now, my thought is because I believe in God. Amen. And I believe. I was that- going to put you on the spot and ask you what you think it is, but go on. Okay, well, I we have not observed life outside of our universe, and I think for good reason, at least from a theological perspective, I think that God has done a great work in cutting us off from wanting to connect <laughs> to the rest of the universe. Yeah. For, for good reason, uh-huh. because we shouldn't, because we're full yeah. of sin and we're, we're in quarantine. <laughs> and we, right. and we Containing abs- the contamination. Basically. We absolutely need it. And I'm looking forward to the kingdom of heaven in which I can meet the other creations of God, because mm-hmm. we know from the Bible that they absolutely exist. Yeah. That being said, in terms of radio signals in space from extraterrestrials, <laughs> I, I, I don't think... I, I, for, there's a part of me that just thinks that it's just radio waves floating in the air. Mm-hmm. I I really don't believe it's other races trying to communicate with us. And if they were, why would they be communicating to us through radio? Mm-hmm. Like an invention that we've made. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm standing. What, do, what about yourself? I When I read these kind of stories, like, I use it as a reminder to remind myself that Jesus is coming soon. And that he <laughs> is coming from a place other than our horribly destroyed yeah. planet mm-hmm. and he's coming to save us. And so I just, I think I don't believe in like those little loody doody doody aliens either. <laughs> the old loody doodies. No, I'm not about those either. <laughs> but yeah, but I, and I do think that sometimes the devil uses these uh, things to sort of, um, uh, sort of provoke people to believing all kinds of conspiracy theories and tinfoil hat stuff. And I, yeah, I, I definitely like uh, to, I think it was my dad who told me, like, every time you hear about aliens, just remember that Jesus is coming soon. So that's a great way to translate 
uh, when you hear kooky stories on the internet or anywhere, really. Mm. I just want to tell you one other quick story. This is so cool. So monarch butterflies. Do you know what monarch butterflies are? Those classic sort of golden orange and the black sort of sure. stained glass uh, with the white dots. They apparently are rebounding again. So they even beat last year's total, uh, proving that their success has not been a fluke. So they've been... Uh, Trying to increase the population of the butterflies, and this mm. is the second year in a row they've done it. And so volunteers um, have been working hard at a, at a consecutive year of improved numbers. So they they surveyed a total of two hundred and seventy two overwintering sites, they call them, across central California in November and December, along with a few sites inside California and Arizona. And volunteers tailed um, over three hundred thousand individual monarchs. Uh, and over 130,000 butterflies were reported in Santa Barbara um, alone and the Santa Bay, sorry, San Francisco Bay area also witnessed a comeback from last year with more than 8,000 butterfly um, increase. So this is really great um, because they were beginning to become a bit of a, uh, a species to watch, dangerous watch list, uh, but they're coming back in full effect and this is just great news. Mm. I love these butterflies. They're so beautiful. Every time you see pictures of monarch butterflies, it just reminds you of how beautiful God's creation is. Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning on Faith FM, and we have another question for the quiz. Clue for the quiz. Clue for the quiz. That's right. <laughs> Amen. All right. I, I, Clue hear, f- I hear you get that wrong all the time. Also. Clue for the quiz. You should have a question jar every time you say question. You have to <laughs> I, should, I should have like a, a sticky note on my computer that just, yeah. that just says clue. <laughs> Or I could just like bring a little taser and every time you get it wrong, I'll just like zap you. Just, yep. <laughs> like, a, like a naughty dog. Or like, just, you know, bring a cane <laughs> and whip my fingers. Yeah. Hey, Shell, have you got a wooden spoon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what am I? Clue number two. The Ark of the Covenant had a gold jar that contained this. Oh, okay. So the Ark of the Covenant had a gold jar that contained this. 0491064669. Tell us what that is, and you can be in the prize draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbooks 1 and 2 by Jeremy Dixon. Uh, really gorgeous cookbooks. Full cover, color photos, by the way, and uh, no processed sugars or flowers in this one, so that's really good. And people are struggling a little bit with the answers so far. Yeah, they, it's a tricky one. They, they they need to get in. 0491-064-669. What was it? The Ark of the Covenant contains a jar having this thing in it? No, I- Gold jar. A gold jar <laughs> containing this item. This item. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Hey, I've got a text message just here. Encyclopedias, you mean door stoppers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? It was Brayden. <laughs> Shout out, Brayden, for Hi, sending Brayden. us that text message and for sending amazing text messages. You know, Brayden, you can uh, send us some more mushroom love as no, well. No, no. I would really appreciate the it. The mushroom army is growing. Since you've been gone, they've had like this chick called Sky who has joined the mushroom ranks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no. yeah, mushrooms, fantastic. Anyways, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, <laughs> and we're going to talk about... Wait, hang on. I just want Brayden to know that last night we went out for pizza, like 15 of us, uh-huh. and I was my job to order the pizza for everyone. It was a nine-meter pizza, and I had to order nine... Uh, sorry, three-meter pizza, and I had to order nine different toppings, and I just want you to know that I swallowed my pride, and I ordered a mushroom patch for everyone. So, Did you like, eat any? No. But I ordered it for people who did eat mushrooms. So just letting you know, just I'm not I'm not entirely horrible. Okay, now you can continue. Thank you for you're welcome. verifying you're welcome. that for us. You're welcome. Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh you're <laughs> in the news today. <laughs> Talking about as I as I said in our introduction, we have an election coming up in New South Wales and there is a particular particular issue of the election that has taken the forefront. Now, we talk about politics here on the show, but we always like to relate it back to the spiritual. And this is specifically regarding gambling. This is the, Mm. the huge issue that they're talking about. Now, as Christians, I think that we should, from reading the Bible, come to the conclusion that gambling, and not only from reading the Bible, but from seeing the effect of gambling on people, that gambling is a horrid thing. Yeah, absolutely. Gambling gambling is terrible. It's uh, life ruining. You could say some people say, Oh, but they casted lots in the Bible. Casting lots in the Bible was not used for the purpose of gambling. Yeah. It was for the purpose of, you know, letting the Lord decide one outcome or another outcome. It was for decision making. Mm-hmm. But in the Bible you have the multiple verses condemning the love of money and con- and also condemning putting others in a misfortunate, unfortunate situation. And that's exactly what gambling does. You essentially you attempt to win by preying off the un, the misfortune of others, yeah. right? Of of winning their money, of winning their stuff. Which for me, I'm like, how is this not just peak covetousness? Mm-hmm. Anyways, that out of out of the way, I, I'm deeply against gambling. And moreover, not only can I make a scriptural argument against it, it also has proven to ruin so many lives. Oh, so many, so many lives, and especially here in Australia, because we are, by all accounts, the gambling capital of the world. Are we really? We have the most gambling here oh. out of per capita. Shame on us. Like we're one of the highest gambling, particularly when it comes to pokies and whatnot, but gambling in general, we are a hotbed, a hotspot. That's why gambling advertising is so. Yeah, uh, so it's popular all here. the time. I'm seeing it on YouTube all the time, like all in different social media platforms. I'm constantly being bombarded with like sports bet and all this kind of stuff. That's right. And I'm like, I don't gamble. Like, why would you? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But coming up in the election that we are going to have in March between the two parties, or to the major parties, Labor and Liberal, they have decided their ends. 
you know, they've decided their stance on gambling. And I'm actually surprised. I'm actually quite surprised. Now, firstly, the Liberal Party, who is the current party in power, and Dominic Perrottet, who is running for well, not re-election, as he he became the the uh, the minister of New South Wales through a leadership spill, mm-hmm. but he is running for yeah a re-election to to get back in again, and he has they have just drawn up plans and released it on a three hundred and forty million dollar gambling reform that will convert all the pokies into cashless systems where you have to register a certain amount of money before you start playing and you can't lose any more than that money. That amount oh, of money. Okay. Now, this is incredibly interesting to me because we've we've had a Liberal government in New South Wales for a while now, mm-hmm. and the Liberal government have usually been ardent supporters of clubs in New South Wales, mm-hmm. who are the biggest gambling organisation in New South Wales, up until right now, where obviously this is something that the gambling industry does not want because essentially you eliminate the ability for people to sink as much money as possible into the pokies. Yeah. Which is something that we've seen happening all the time. Mm-hmm. 62% of those people using the pokies, pokie, 62% of pokey revenue comes from people with a gambling addiction. Yeah. We, we know this because we can... We're just taking advantage of people with issues. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gambling industry, Clubs New South Wales, these guys, they absolutely don't want to regulate this. Mm, of course not. And it's interesting that the Labor Party, who have usually been outspoken about their non-support of Clubs New South Wales, has not put and refused to put any to make any election promise or anything in regards to regulating pokey usage. Now, the reason the regulation of pokey usage is important is firstly, you stop people from gambling. Secondly, secondly, pokies are used in Australia not only as a means to remove people who are addicted of their money, but simultaneously, they're one of the biggest sources of money laundering that exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like they are, we, we've done so many investigations, third party investigations, uh, political investigations, statewide investigations into the use of pokey machines. And we can see that there is so much use of it that is just used by organized crime. Mm-hmm. And Dominic Perrottet and the Liberal Party, surprisingly to me, have decided to put their foot down. Now, I just do want to say, I don't want to tell you who to vote for. I am not a, I, I'm, I'm a particularly political person. I like to keep up, but I am not a supporter on one side or the other. I'm not a card, you know, they say in America, like a card carrying member of a certain party. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I, I, that's not me. I am, I am a, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And I have no allegiance to any political party. I just want to see legislation that helps people. Amen. And what I'm seeing in the upcoming election, election and, and again, it's specifically on this issue. I don't know much about other election issues, and I'm going to do my research before I vote in March, and I advise all of you guys to do the same. But on this specific issue of gambling, which has been such a hot-button topic, particularly in New South Wales, as it's from New South Wales that 40% of gambling and pokey machine, machine usage takes place. Like, we make 40% of the revenue Australia-wide. So it's it's a huge issue, mm. and it seems as though they're now taking steps to regulate it. The Liberal Party is going to be. That is their election promise. Now, that being said, in regards to election promises, people make election promises yeah. all the time. And I hate to be the cynic, but as soon as you explained what they're proposing to do, my first question is, okay, but how are they benefiting from it? Like, they're obviously going to benefit. If they're usually supporting the other side and they're now doing a switcheroo, like, why? Now... Dominic Perrottet himself said that the motivation for him to make this change or this gambling reform was because of his faith. Oh, He he is a staunch Catholic. We know this about him. Mm -hmm. And he said that it's not right that these people be taken advantage of. Amen. Now, again, that's not something you can take at face value and you need to do all your research and seeing, well, why is he saying this? Mm -hmm. And, And is there some kind of benefit? But from what I am seeing right now... Because this is the thing. Previously, the Liberal Party has been supporters of Clubs New South Wales because Clubs New South Wales have given them lots of money mm-hmm. and lobbied a lot. Mm-hmm. But now they've flipped the switch and they've said, no, we're going to cut gambling off. And, and again, as a Christian, I'm like, 
oh, they're making regulation to stop taking uh, advantage of people. That's something I want to see. Hey, give us your thoughts. 0491 064 Andre Crouch with It's Not Just a Story. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And we're not just news. We're not just radio. We're positively different news and radio. That's it. And we're coming to you with all kinds of blessings. And we have an amazing blessing. Oh, we're going to hear an incredible testimony in just a bit. But before we do, we're going to have another clue for the quiz. I was giving him the evil eye, the stink eye, to make sure he got that right. That's Good right. on you. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> okay, so you're in the uh, you're trying to win the Revive Cafe cookbooks one and two. These are delicious vegetarian uh, cookbooks that contain whole grains, plant-based protein, uh, fresh produce, and virtually no processed sugars and flours. And you just have to answer one of our clues correctly this week. What am I? This is clue number three. Yeah, three. Prior to attacking Jericho, the Israelites ceased from eating this. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, A we've got bit related to the, uh, the what the prize is. So, clue number three. What am I? Prior to attacking Jericho, the Israelites ceased from eating this. Well, we've got a bunch of right answers coming oh, through. So, congratulations, clever. guys. But also, if you get that clue correct, well, if you get our quiz for today correct, based on those clues, well, that's going to be 300 points. It's going to give you a certain amount of entries. Our clues are getting easier and easier as we work our way through the show. But that will get you in the draw for the prize that will be drawn on Friday. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have an amazing special testimony coming up from the one and only Ron Evans. Ron, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Good to be here. Oh, incredible. Now He's flown all the way from America to do this interview. Just to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, we've got an, a Faith of M exclusive this morning. You won't hear this anywhere else. Yeah, and I am a little shocked to see Monica not here in her house robe and her curlers. <laughs> Watch it now, Grandma. I got some stories about your hair, I can tell. I told Michelle that was coming. Yeah. Well, you just walked right into it. That's awesome. Well, of course, Ron, you are here because you, you, we, we've got some relational ties taking place. We really do. What has brought you over here to Australia? Well, my daughter, of course, mm. and then her husband, Lyle, mm. and... Most of all, three great-grandkids. Oh, amazing. So this is DJ Shell's dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In studio. And you've got, what are the names of your great-grandkids now? 
Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no worries. Well, we got Montgomery, mm-hmm. uh, Audrey, uh-huh. and Florence. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, they're so sweet. Yeah, we so were hanging out with them yesterday. I know. That's that's Lyle and Shell's grandkids. So, yeah, it's really special that you can come over here and meet your grand- yes, great-grandkids. Thanks for being a part of the Faith Absolutely. FM family. Now, Join our on, community on, on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Come to a place where you said, I am a follower of Christ. And we would love to know the story. So whether it's whether you want to start from the end, middle, or beginning, we'd prefer if you started from the beginning. But yeah, what? Where do you come from? What did that look like growing up? And and what was that journey towards Jesus? Well, it's kind of interesting because my family there's twelve kids in my family, and wow. I'm, I'm the only Seventh Day Adventist. Mm. So that in itself was a mystery to most of my brothers and sisters. Mm. But my wife. When I was dating her, she had uh, graduated from and uh, from uh, what is it? Andrews? Wisconsin Academy. Oh, okay, yep. And that was like sixty nine. Mm-hmm. So, and we married in seventy one, and she was constantly mentioning things in the Bible, and mm. uh, and I really wasn't uh, getting it. I just kind of thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wasn't paying much of mind to it. Mm. But uh, one time there was a little town of Greenfield, Indiana, and they they had an Adventist church. Mm. And a young pastor came to our house in Maxwell, Indiana. And I remember Michelle and, and uh, Jolita was quite young. And uh, I, I was impressed with him. Mm. He, he, you know, he was quite young. And, and I, in those days, was what you'd call rowdy, I guess. <laughs> I, I smoked and drank and did a lot of things I probably shouldn't do. I never was an alcoholic or anything bad. I always thought I was an all right person, but you know how we are. We look at other people and we think I'm not that bad. Mm. So we consider ourselves in a pretty good safe zone. Mm. But this guy was, he was, he was pretty persistent in dropping by. I don't know how much my wife had to do with it, but (laughs) I, I was working a lot of hours in those days uh, I worked like nine years at this place for 74 hours a week Oof. for nine years. And so I didn't really have a lot of time at home. But so every once in a while he'd show up and I would think, oh, not again. But <laughs> at, the sa- at the same time, I did grow to appreciate the guy. And he would do little things like tell me, you know, I'd, I'd leave my cigarettes on the TV or something. And he would say, you, you know, I don't. I noticed you don't. When you went to church the other day with your wife, you didn't have your cigarettes in your shirt pocket or anything like that. And I says, "Yeah, honestly, I'm trying to quit." I says, "He said, well, why would you leave him on the TV?" And I says, "Well, because if I look there and I see him, I realize I don't want him." Mm. And he kind of thought that was strange, but he made a good point to me. And and this is where I like this guy because he would always he leave you food for thought. Mm. Every time he seemed to talk, even though he was young, he had a lot of wisdom. And he told me, he said, well, it doesn't matter. Jesus knows if you've got the cigarettes in your pocket or not. Mm. He'd always had little things like that. And I, got, I grew to like him. So there was an evangelistic crusade going to go on right there in, in that little town of Greenfield. Mm. And it was a small Adventist church. And uh, so my wife was actually an Adventist. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll go. So uh, I went, and I picked up a little here and picked up a little there. And, you know, it seemed, it seemed the real breaking point for me was I woke up one day and realized it's not about me. Mm. I didn't want to hurt Jesus anymore. Wow. Amen. That really is true. I, I, I thought, you know what? I got kids, and we got a life, and it's not about me. Mm. You know, and I felt like... That was not good. And so when the call came at the end of the evangelistic crusade for some for people to step forward, I stepped forward. Mm. And uh, I never forgot that young pastor, although I don't know his name today. That was 50 years ago. <laughs> but it, 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 did, it did kind of rock my world, if you know what I mean, that he really was real. He was mm. legit. He didn't pull any punches, but at the same time, you could see he loved the Lord. Amen. That taught me to realize that, you know, if you love Jesus, 
lot of these things need to go away. Mm. It's just stuff falling by the wayside. I didn't want to smoke anymore, and I didn't want to drink anymore. And when it came time to actually make the commitment, I was ready. Mm. I thought it's time to step up to a plate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have been blessed ever since. Amen. Oh, praise God. I'd love to know, as you mentioned before, you come from a big family. I think that's just a a sign of the era, right? Like my my dad, he's one of ten. It's a lot of people from, from that time. What was your family? I know you were married and with kids by that time, but having such a big family, what was the family reaction to you making the decision to become oh, they, a bad Adventist, become Christian? They thought I was an odd sock, and I <laughs> and, and I didn't and I didn't really uh, wear it out on my sleeve, if you know what I mean. Mm. I tried to uh, leave them alone, and they sort of left me alone. Mm. But I did have a pretty good influence on my twin brother, mm. and uh, and and he died when he was fifty fifty two, and I never forget the year he died because I went down to Indiana like eleven times that year. Mm. We lived in we lived in Indiana, but he lived in we lived in Wisconsin. He lived in Indiana, and he'd call me. And as soon as the call, as soon as the phone would ring, I knew it was my twin brother. Mm. I just knew it was Ray. And I knew he wasn't doing well. He had pulmonary fibrosis, and that's a terrible lung disease. Anyway, he'd say, brother, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I'm just sitting here at the house. And he'd say, why don't you come down and see me? And that led into a Bible study. Mm. So those 11 trips down to Indiana, he just wanted to study the Bible. Mm. Amen. And I really thought that was nice and uh he lived 17 months after he found out he had the disease, mm-hmm. and I was there when that happened. And I, I just, I was, I, I still to this day praise the Lord mm-hmm. that I got to share the Lord with my twin brother. Mm-hmm. And his last words were, "I'll, I'll see you by the tree of life." Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. So, and I look forward to that. And uh, you know, things like that just make you stronger, mm-hmm. makes you step out a little more. Mm. And you don't care who don't like you or who do like you and so <laughs> forth and so on. You're just going to try to live up to to what you know to be true. Mm. And I, I, think, I think God gives us all that strength. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. Now, you have become a Christian, as you said. At that time, I, I'd imagine just from the timing that I'm working out in my head, you had young children, and then you're bringing them up in the faith and and then eventually they're growing up and getting married and doing all those kinds of things. What, what was that experience like? Well, it was really great because I didn't have, like, a, like I said, a lot of time off of work. Mm-hmm. So when, uh, when you do get the time, you, picnics seem to be more important to you and things like that when you'd be outside. Mm. Both of my girls kind of grew up in a park mm. because we didn't have any money. So we'd go to the park, and you could spend time there all day long. The kids would be on swings or uh, something like that. And uh, it, it it made a simpler life because you had Christ in your life. Amen. You just didn't really need uh, – you didn't have the money to start with, but you really didn't need to have a lot of stuff. I remember one of our greatest entertainments was that we'd have a station wagon, and we'd put like a dollar's worth of gas in and drive for about three hours. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. <laughs> You're just showing your age there. That's amazing. <laughs> Three hours on a dollar. On a dollar? <laughs> oh, Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that'd be about four, four and a half gallons of gas. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And we'd drive out in the country. Of course, you know, the kids would say, there's a cow, there's a horse or whatever, you know. And it was just nice. And you could always stop and across the bridges and in those days they had iron bridges and stuff mm. like that and the kids enjoyed all that stuff they really enjoyed having the windows down and just looking and enjoying the nature and what what and that was really our entertainment mm. and before you know it three hours are gone or something and you're like hey we better get these kids home get them to bed you know stuff like that that was kind of what we did an awful lot of that's amazing. I love the ripple effect of your story, the fact that you became a Seventh-day Adventist Christian and then your daughters were raised Seventh-day Adventist Christians and then one of them's gone and married Pastor Lyle Southwell and then they've gone and had Harley and Emery, who are two of like the greatest humans on the planet, 
and I get to know them and be friends with them. And I just, I just think of like the ripple effect of mm. your story and how it, how it affects like us sitting here mm. being friends with your grandkids. Yeah, it's cool. I'm super grateful you decided to become an Adventist. Mm. Oh, amazing. <laughs> For you, particularly now, you're in your retired years, I assume. I, you know, I, I don't want to make any, any big assumptions, <laughs> but, but I'm, I, I'm assuming you're in your retired years and you're looking at the world as many people are and, and seeing the direction that it's going. You know, what sense do you get, especially as, as a Christian, especially as a Seventh-day Adventist, we believe that Jesus is coming back soon. How, how do you feel about the world that we live in today? Well, I, I definitely believe that it should be our focus. Mm. Uh, we have a new pastor now, and one of the reasons I like our new pastor is his focus on, is on Christ's coming. Mm. And I think uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him on fire for that mm. because I feel the same way. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of people saying, well, Christ isn't coming. He had, he, I've heard it my whole life, and he still isn't here, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we're still another day closer. Amen. And uh, and, and I, I really believe because the way things are going now, I don't want to get onto a lot of crime and all this kinds of stuff, but the mm. world is changing to the point where it, it, it's a unity that I don't like. Mm. It's not a Christian unity. It's just uh, selfish and Mostly, uh, nobody knows what sacrifice is today. Mm. You don't know how to help your neighbors, things like this. And I, I grew up that everybody helped everybody. Mm. Speaking of helping other people, apparently you hand out little carved bears. <laughs> yeah, well, I like to go to Walmart. That would be kind of like your uh, big W, big w yeah, here. Yep. And, yeah, uh, I do like to... Takes me about three days to carve a little bear, but uh, I'll get like six of them and then go to Walmart and hand them out to little kids. And I just love their responses to it, and you know, uh, so it's real. It, yeah, that's fun. You must be quite famous in your in your town where you're from. <laughs> the, bear, <laughs> the bear man, maybe <laughs> is that what they might call you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I have been a blessed recipient of one of these um, hand carved oh, little awesome. bears. I called him Sponson. Mm. <laughs> He's very cute. Well, we have just a little time left. Is there is there anything you can leave us with, Ron? Yeah, uh, I w- I would say the future doesn't look good unless you're a Christian. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Ron, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We have our next song. This is Simon Korolovsky with Oh, the Deep Love of Jesus.
Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. G'day, I'm Marius Jigal. Join us on Is It Relevant Today, where we discuss topics relevant to the time we're living in today. All of our shows also have corresponding YouTube presentations, so you can share them with your friends. I hope you have a magnificent day. For local airtimes of Is It Relevant Today, check the schedule at faithfm.com.au. Someone in the great somewhere 